With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Connection Daily Hike Podcast. I guess that's the name we're sticking with it, the shorter uh, 15-ish minute version Maybe every day, maybe three times a week. We'll see how many minutes we'll get this going because it is the off season. We'll have our continual hour-long-ish shows on hoops and football as well. We had a recent basketball one talk about the rankings with our good hoops writer, Eli Betker. I'm Jeremy Moss here, uh, taking over duties for these particular shows. Um, check us out, um, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, all sorts of places you can find us, YouTube as well. And when I get around to it, it's not always on YouTube, but I'll do my best to get it up there more frequently. But the typical podcast stuff, you can find it there. And in this version of the Daily Hike, a couple of news and notes. Um, one thing that never seems to end, and it's always for clicks, always to find the clicks, which, hey, that's what we'd like you to do. Listen, um, over at Bleacher Report, one of their college football writers, uh, Greg Wallace, put up a realignment moves that need to happen. Nothing's going to happen. This is just for fun because it's like... Uh, post uh, people have been doing the past couple of years, Bill Connolly with the relegation article. Always fun just to screw around and read on there. And you can take a couple of guesses of what they mentioned on here. Uh, Boise State to the Pac-12. Outside of the obvious reasons of why they wouldn't get an invite to that league, um, got to be a research institution. Um, Pac-12 is a hoity-toity toward academics. As we're on the field, you could make a case that Boise State could fit in there just to see what they can do each and every week couple of notes they mention, um, besides the uh, multiple Fiesta Bowl, um, BCS, and now New Year's Six-Day Bowl games, they are 12-3 and against the current, current Pac-12 teams. They won both games last year. And not that would ever happen because moving to a big conference, look what TCU did or Utah, it took them all to get going to improve from dominating the Mountain West to uh, struggling for the first couple of years in their Big 12 and Pac-12 respectively. It'd be fun to think about if you're a Boise State fan, hey, we could play Cal this week. we get USC coming to town. That'd be great, but the past couple of years, well, Boise's done quite well. They have won the conference in a couple of years since 2014. They have not uh, been to the title game since that same year, haven't won their division. I guess technically co-champs this past year, the three-way tie with New Mexico and Wyoming, but the Pokes got the title game nod. It's fun to think about, but I like this. Uh, this is hilarious. I love this line in here. Winners. Obviously, Boise State can prove itself every week. The Pac-12 adds the Idaho market. Where's my laugh track I need to play? I should find a laugh track to insert there. But an underrated, beautiful city in Boise. Yeah, Boise's a nice city, but I think that's kind of funny saying it's underrated market. Yeah, all the eyeballs in Idaho, however many hundreds of thousands live in the state. Maybe they got a million or so. I'm not sure, but I felt that was uh, kind of funny. And they did mention um, nobody else within the Mountain West. They did mention former BYU uh, Mountain West met mate to the Pac-12 to be that 14th team, but... It's always fun. Not going to happen. Um, if anything does happen, not to make this too much into an expansion article, but when the Big 12 TV deal expires, and I think it's a, uh, or grant of rights, I should say 2025, it could be a year or so earlier because, hey, contracts can always be negotiated and moved on from and make tweaks when it gets closer to a buyout being um, less of a, an issue. So that could be an area down the road where there could be something done where Big 12 collapses, Texas goes on its own, OU goes to SEC, something like that. That might be a move down the road, but we'll just see. I just always feel you see expansion. 
heck, you got to talk about it. Speaking of that same kind of expansion mind a little bit, this is not Mountain West related, but it could be down the road. Conference USA, for those who don't know, last year had to um, get a new deal, lost a ton of money from their prior um, media rights contract. And this is one very inter- interesting because they put some games on BN Network, BN Sports, I should say. Typically, they are most known for soccer matches, whether it be um, men's national team games, international soccer, a lot of soccer, some rugby as well. They moved in this past year to Conference USA uh, basketball and football, as well as the the American Sports Network, which is no longer around, but it's going to be, uh, if you've seen that Twitter channel, it's, uh, I think it's going to be rebranded Stadium. So they're going to want to do 24-7 sports, whether it's live, studio, or classic games on there, which is a cool idea if you want to check out this uh, 1987 uh, Air Force Navy game. It may be there or something from Randy um, Randy Moss and Marshall. They're part of the USA, maybe one of those games with him and uh, Chad Pennington slinging it down the field playing uh, West Virginia. If you saw Rand University, that was uh, in the mix there. They showed certain games on there. But what the deal is, like the channel is – American Sports Network, what that is, it's basically a local channel owned by Sinclair. And so if you perused across that channel, you'd see a lot of ACC network games, Conference USA, some Sunbelt. But it'd be like on those, um, a broadcast channel, not Fox or CBS, but NBC. I believe it's, mo- at least in my area, the My TV channel. That's what it was on here in uh, Utah for me. And they're combining, that channel's no longer around, so it's all online. They're combining with Campus Insiders and 120 Sports to kind of run that channel but now, um, here's the thing, and this article is from the uh, West Virginia Gazette Mail on there, so they do some pretty good stuff, specifically this article. Um, he's, he's going through, I'm already bored with this. I'll skip to what it means for you fans. You should you should be able to see Conference USA games on TV, including about the same number on the former ASN. You would think so. However, there's a new round of negotiating rights in 2018 trying, and with Conference USA trying to recover from that collapse where they make pennies for what they were before. Um, that's a little bit interesting of what's happening next because in that same article, it mentions that with the new round of negotiations in 2018, that uh, the American Sports Network Stadium Twitter online channel isn't out and BN Sports wants out. That It's an interesting move, and it'll, it could impact the Mountain West potentially down the road, maybe some non-conference games, or it could be a some sort of trickle-down effect of um, how much media rights are going to be paid toward Mountain West or even right this particular case, CUSA. Because what is the American Sports Network going to show? ACC is going to have its own network in ES- on through ESPN. They're still on track to have their linear network 2019. So that would remove some programming as well. But what would they be airing? Because a ton of games on American Sports Network were covered to USA Sunbelt games. So I don't know why they went out because, what, like I said, they're going to show just classic stuff every time, random studio shows on College Football Saturday, kind of whip around type deal, which who knows what rights they may or may not have to rebroadcast because there already is a, uh, that goal line channel on ESPN. I believe that's what it's called. It's kind of the whip around uh, here, NFL, um, what is it, uh, Red Zone channel for College Football essentially. So there could be a game or two more from ESPN or streaming online, but I don't. I could see why BN Sports wants out because – it was a short deal. They didn't play that, have that many games, but Sinclair, what are they going to air? That's a big deal. And the Mountain West is good until, I think, 2021 for their current TV deal with the CBS Sports and ESPN. They um, Maybe a bit sooner, but they renegotiated a little bit, kind of how the bonus structure went out. But if I don't, it just doesn't make sense for a free product on Twitter that American Sports Network is not going to take programming. Maybe they're just lowballing, and because um, it says they're from this report it says they're in doubt, but BN Sports wants out, so they could um, 
stick with CBS Sports, a couple games on ESPN, streaming ESPN3, but America Sports Network needs content, so I don't know why they would just shut the door on that, or at least uh, maybe in doubt because maybe they don't have money to pay them, and that's the thing. So, and I, we already know Conference USA took a big hit a couple years ago in how much they're getting per school, but this just seems odd that America Sports Network could be in doubt because that would put the whole, the entire thing of Sinclair wants to back out for the streaming Twitter deal to watch games online, which is free, no Amazon Prime, you don't have to uh, pay, pay TV for whatever, Dish, DirecTV, Sling, uh, View, um, whatever you're going to do, a new YouTube channel. This is just interesting. So their pay could get even worse and divide gets even larger, and that's Kind of scary to see for some decent teams out there in those in that conference. The next bit of news we're going to talk about here is the early signing period in effect. It'll be now December 20th, 2017 for this upcoming year. And basically it aligns with the junior college signing period. And me and Matt discussed this on our podcast a while back about how this helps or hurts the Mountain West. It could help if you have a guy who really wants to go there and just sign. You're good to go. Instead of teams the day before, oh, we... UCLA missed out on a guy, so we're going to offer this guy from Boise State who we never talked to. Maybe um, send a letter or two here or there. Flip him at the last second because, to be honest, UCLA, pretty good school. Football, Pac-12, compared to playing in the Mountain West, even at Boise State or San Diego State, one of the better schools in the conference. There's a reason to not want to do that and go to the bigger school. So that's a good thing. So class is in place now. You can get it going for the Mountain West, and you can prioritize afterwards. All right, we got eight guys to sign this day. We need uh, 20, uh, 17 more to get to our 25. We can kind of focus and maybe re-recruit guys. We weren't going after too hard or put to, not pressure, but intensify this particular position. So I think it's a, it's a good deal. Academics can be an issue in some areas for some schools, like Stanford. David Shaw is a big opponent against this due to getting grades in for what Stanford needs since they need to be extremely smart to get high SAT, ACT, GPA to include some athletes. There could be an issue with athletes as well because some don't do well until their senior year. They come off an injury, they transfer. And so a lot of times the schools between December and signing day look at a lot more film than they would have. So there's those couple guys who could go under the radar as well. So there's a couple things on that front, how that early signing period would impact that link again. Like most of these are, are in this article or the print version or a digital version of the podcast here. So if you're listening to this, check out the Dale Hegg version as well. I'll put the link in the article or in the uh, podcast notes as well to go ahead and check it out to read all these. Another one that's interesting that could pass could be years down the road. Red shirt players allowing to the title here on Fox sports is pretty, um, it's not super clear because Here's what they go with, how the new redshirt proposal could save college bowl games. It's not going to save college bowl games. What it does mean is that redshirt typically you could play a couple games per year. If you get injured, cool, redshirt, you play in a certain percentage of games. Now, the rule in place, or proposed rule, I should say, is that players can play up to four games and not uh, lose any eligibility. So they could still be a redshirt freshman but play in four games. And so this is from the American Football Coaches Association forwarding this proposal to the NCAA and get allowed up to four games a season without burning that redshirt year. So you could have a guy, hey, we'll get you into the bowl game. Or one of the examples, a couple of guys not playing in the uh, big bowl game like what uh, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette decide not to play in their bowl games, partly because lower tier bowl games, cool, whatever. That would allow, say, the backup to McCaffrey or the third, more likely the third or fourth string to get some you get the bull practices as well, which help you out, but then get to play in a game. That would be a good thing as well. Or say you're in a blowout. Like one example, teams, a lot of teams play in FCS school. Some say it's week three in the season. Or even if you go to SEC, they have that one week in November where it's a lot of uh, smaller, lower-level schools or lower-level opponents. 
they want to get their backup quarterbacks in playing time, but you don't want to burn the red shirt because it's week 12 or week 10 or whatever week it is. You can allow him to play that game without burning eligibility. And so I think it's a pretty good deal. It could make coaching a bit tricky, but I don't think like theoretically could unleash this uh, red shirt four-star freshman to play in this bowl game X. But another awesome thing as well, uh, maybe not awesome, but another intriguing thing to note with now a lot more games being played. If you go to the playoff conference title game, that could allow to um, save some players health-wise and give more teams depth for this guy who's a redshirt, redshirting sophomore, for junior, or whatever it may be, if they're eligible to play with 15 games, maybe that guy gets in a couple games and helps breathe a guy snap count so it's not playing every single game, but he may play one fewer game over the course of the season because their backup comes in for the FCS game for half a game, or they come in game A, B, or C to come in when it's a blowout or playing a team that's not very good in your conference. So there's just some points as well where it could benefit to health-wise get these younger players experience. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty cool rule. There also also has been a rule or not rule, but floated around Just give players five years to play regardless. So instead of red shirt sitting out, you could still play through five years. Let's get to a tiny bit of basketball news here. You know what UNLV has done with having a top 25 class. They're one of only a couple um, classes that actually have five star compared to like, if you look at the uh, big time programs, Kentucky, UNC, there's not many five-star guys to go around referring to Brandon McCoy, who signed recently in the class. There's been a lot of write-ups about um, their team, about the Rebels, how they're improving, how they're going to get back to the top of the conference. Maybe. Me and uh, Eli did a podcast a couple days ago about this, going over kind of what happened during the offseason, transfers, um, NBA guys. We touched on UNLV. Here's what it is. Current five-star recruits for 2017-18 to Paul, UNLV in Western Kentucky. Teams that do not, North Carolina, Villanova, Indiana, and Syracuse. So that's a, it's still, well, I guess 17, 18, that's still a ways away a little bit for the next recruiting cycle. But to have that, those guys on the, on the roster, or at least committed, it's good to share, share the, share the wealth around with UNLV to get back to the conference. Now let's just see if a uh, Menzies can actually uh, coach compared to Dave Rice, who uh, recruited one of the best recruiters out there. But when it came to coaching, there's enough late game situation to where there's issues with what he was doing on the basketball court. The guys over at FanRag Sports, you had Joseph Nardone, hopefully that's correct, did a little stock up, stock down, similar to what we did a while back. He mentioned UNLV in this list, partly because, heck, they have a top 25 class. They uh, have Brandon McCoy, top 15 recruit, five-star guy. Uh, pretty easy why, to, he says, why their stock could be rising. Um, Menzies is a well-known recruiter. Guru did well, good, good things at New Mexico State. Menzies gets a full offseason because last year's fiasco of a coaching search was, was crazy. Chris Beard leaving for Texas Tech after he was with uh, UNLV for, what, a week? And they say most have top 15 in the nation. That 25 number was from ESPN. And so that makes, obviously, the case, hey, here's why I want to buy the stock. Here's why they're going to get better. And the pedig- pedigree of what Menzies did at New Mexico State, going to multiple tournament teams and winning. And then he mentioned um, how, why to sell because you go stock up, stock down. Obviously, likes UNLV to buy. But reasons to sell, match things can get trickier because Brandon, Brandon McCoy and company aren't technically one and doneers because McCoy's not in any like Draft Express. I use them a lot. They're not. He's not ranked in any 2018 mock draft. So hopefully, not an Anthony Bennett situation leaves early or, or earlier than expected. So maybe two years. That would be nice to get McCoy because when I if you read over his profile, it doesn't show him or perceive him as a dynamic scorer, more of a defensive guy. But he can't put up points, too, for the most part. But it just seemed, reading through the description, he needs to work on his shooting game, work on his offensive game, but he's good at rebounding, good at defense. 
And that's not going to get you in the NBA if you're good at that. you got to be a scorer as well. And he mentioned here, if he's going with the prediction, um, long-term, it's a stock to keep just because odds of UNLV being down for a decade or not even a decade, even four or five years, every team has their ups and downs. So maybe this this is a one where you'll see like a couple years ago that Long Kruger doing great things. Dave Rice recruited like like crazy to get good talent, kind of dipped down because the wins weren't there, ultimately leaving leaving him to be fired recently about, was it two year and a half ago now, two seasons ago? Or no, last season, duh, what am I thinking about? Or two, two full seasons, I should say. Mid-season, he, Todd Simon took over. The other, again, Chris Beard, Marvin Menzies, all that fun stuff that happened. But the momentum is building within the program he mentions, and it's hard to disagree with that. If Menzies can recruit similar to Dave Rice but have the coaching in place to teach players, um, again, have better play calling, get guys motivated on the court to do their thing, not play by themselves or selfishly, it could be uh, Menzies getting a better job if he leads UNLV back to NCAA tournament and beyond Sweet 16s that they've achieved in the past decade, a couple of times, I believe. But that's what their thoughts are on UNLV hoops. And that wraps it up for today. Oh, man, I went over 15 minutes, 16 and a half minutes. Apologize, folks. So hopefully this sounded okay and you guys had some time to. But a few people say they enjoyed this, so I appreciate that. These shorter podcasts we're trying to do with our daily notes post. Uh, attempting to get these up in the morning, but this one is uh, mid-afternoon, maybe evening by the time it hits all your podcast feeds. But thanks for uh, listening to the show, coming to our site. Again, Blog Talk Radio, listen to us there. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. All those great places. Again, YouTube when I have the chance to get it up. But thanks for listening. As always, we're biased and get your team.